0: Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. I'm going to read you something. It's an excerpt from a poem called "Genius's Love. It's by Yashi Brown, who is my guest for this episode. You didn't want the world to see you as limited because they would see themselves the same. You wanted to reflect the atmosphere the stratosphere and freedom where our minds could go if we could just let it galaxies creating more galaxies you always knew this before scientists stamped their approval if we could just fathom and ponder if we could just let our inner child wander you stayed here because you knew it was the one place full of honor it was full of endless inspire. You wanted honest truth. It's so beautiful. I'm a big fan of poetry, so you know, doesn't <laughs> it doesn't surprise me that her book of poetry inspired me so and excited me about speaking with her. Um, Yashi, in her early twenties, was diagnosed as bipolar uh, type one, which. In her words, is you know, is pretty much as extreme as you can get. Um, she talks all about it in this conversation, and she was very honest, um, very open about everything that she's been through. I put, we talk about a lot of books and music and such. I put all that stuff on the links page on HeyHumanPodcast dot com, and I hope. I hope for every episode that you listen to um, that you do a deep dive into the links page because there's some really cool things that people reference, stuff that turns them on, you know, books they love to read, music they like to listen to, movies they enjoy, or whatever. It, it's it's just neat to see what other people are into, at least as far as I'm concerned. It's cool. Um, social media stuff, you know how to find me at this point probably if you've heard a few episodes um, hey Human Podcast on all the social medias. You can find me at Susan Ruthism on Twitter. Um, if you'd like to help support Hey Human, go to HeyHumanPodcast.com and there's a Amazon affiliates portal at the top of the page. You click on that, you shop Amazon like you normally would, and it helps support Hey Human, as do many of the links on the links page. Um, if you are intrigued by a book or some music that we talk about in one of the episodes, And you go to the links page and click on it, it's likely going to take you to Amazon and uh, through the portal. And uh, that helps support Hey Human as well. It doesn't cost anything extra for you or anything like that. It just um, if you're aware of what the affiliate programs do, it just every purchase it gives back, you know, a couple pennies toward whomever the affiliate is. So I appreciate that. If uh, if you're doing your shopping on Amazon, thank you for doing it through Hey Human Podcast. Okay, um, I think that's it. Oh, I don't want to forget the book, the Tantric book that Barbara Cross wrote. Um, I mentioned a couple episodes back that I mentioned a couple episodes back that I was going to be doing a giveaway for the Tantric book, uh, Urban Tantra. And the person who is going to be receiving that book is Bethany. Congratulations, Bethany. I'm not sure if it's appropriate to say her last name on air, so I'm not going to. But um, Bethany, congrats. And I will be sending you uh, the copy of the book. Thank you so much. Um, Anyone wants to reach out to me, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. Please do so. I'd love to hear from you. And as always, I want to thank you all for listening And I appreciate the fact that you're spreading it around, letting people know about Hey Human. And uh, please rate and review on iTunes. I really appreciate that, too. Um, Been getting some great reviews, and it's really helpful. And you can, I think you can review pretty much on any podcast app that you use. So iTunes is just probably the biggest one that I'm aware of. But I know there's lots out there, lots of choices for you. So, yeah, anyway, uh, go out there and see yourself in someone. And see someone in yourself and be a part of the human race. And I wish everybody well and beauty and love and all the good stuff. We could use a whole lot of good stuff. So I, I hope the best for you. Thanks for listening. And uh, here we go. Yashi Brown, welcome to Hey Human Podcast. Hi. It's a pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so we yeah. have a mutual friend, John Velasco, and I've known John forever and ever. And he's wow. A, yeah, a dear old friend, so it was very... Well, not old, he'll be mad if I say that. Hey. <laughs> a friend I've had for a very long time, let's put it that way. Um, and you Old work friends with, are great. Yes, <laughs> and you work with John, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. So um, you are a poet. Yeah. And you are also, you have bipolar disorder is that correct is that no is that schizophrenia is that well bipolar?
1: bipolar yeah no bipolar is its own spectrum okay. um but it's very close to it looks um very similar to schizophrenia if you have the severe form which is type one which gets a lot of um you have the psychotic features yeah. which has the psychosis elements of it and then the mania uh-huh. so sometimes um it can look very much so like it's more in the schizophrenia spectrum because the schizoaffective disorder does have an element of mania in it,
0: oh, okay. which is part of the
1: schizophrenia spectrum. So initially, I was diagnosed when I was 24 with prodronal or schizoaffective disorder, but they still were kind of unsure that after several more um, hospitalizations and other critiques, it was pretty much severe bipolar type 1, you know, still unsure, possibly. Yeah. And, um, in the end, I just, you know, I just, um, I don't know, I guess um, still to this day, whatever anyone wants to, you know, package it as, <laughs> yeah. is what it is. But I do know that officially getting a diagnosis or having a word attached to the horror that I was experiencing in my life was very much so helpful. Yeah. That was very helpful because um, I didn't know that there was a context, I didn't know there was other, I didn't know that there was a name for the stuff that was going on in my head and the things I was experiencing, which was very frightening, but very real. So um, a lot of people don't, don't like the fact that we have all these names for things and all of that, and I get that aspect, but then there's an aspect of it that's very helpful and helps mm-hmm. a person to not feel just like a complete, alien um meaning they don't they know they're not alone because there's a name for things and then there's there's then that other aspect of okay these are conditions that we see on tv that are depicted extremely you know in a, in a very scary way these sure. are depictions is that me so so do you go through a whole com, you know uh converging diverse set of emotions and uh it can be, it can be a very, um, it is a very lonely place.
0: Yeah.
1: It is. So Even take, if you have lots of support.
0: Take us back to sort of, before that, you, happy childhood, just running around, yeah. being a kid, not yeah. hearing voices, not feeling right. weird. Not... Never heard
1: voices, by the oh. way. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. But okay. it's very similar. It's very, it happens very often. Mine wasn't necessarily that, but continue. We'll okay, get more yeah. into that all stuff. all right.
0: So, um, just living your life, uh-huh. you know, and you grew up in California, Yes. Right? Yeah, and, um... Now, from my understanding, with uh, any kind of uh, brain chemistry stuff, that that sort of kicks in in the early twenties. So you were you were on the timeline. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I was tex- textbook. Yeah. So before and then during. Wh- what was that process like? Of just everything was hunky dory, and then boom.
1: Boom. Yeah. And it is kind of like that. Everything is normal. Then um, I had a situation, a life situation. It was a romantic interest situation that was it was the trigger that was like an instigator but that what that was is that brought up a lot of other um, emotional uh, struggles in my just own personal life
0: what do you mean by the trigger um,
1: um it was my first kind of heartbreak situation with a you know so so that was a very strong emotion for the first time I was ever feeling. And that was when I was, what, 19, 20. So, in saying that, it was kind of a trigger that uprooted a lot of these, um, apparently, this condition I was already predisposed to, which is um, deeply affected by life triggers, or triggers that, you know, uh, negative triggers, uh, obviously something that, um, Sets off that button that is, in most of us have triggers of some sort. Absolutely. So um that was kind of, I would say that was kind of that tipping, that area. And then that created its own, that situation created its own domino effect. And in the end, um, I had just went into a very deep depression. And it just continued to get worse. Um, and I wasn't... Going outside, really. Uh, in the end, I was just staying in my room. I was locking myself away. Um, Were people just noticing if, that? Not really. Very There's a way to do that and not in, fo- in the folks. It's mask it.
0: Yeah, like and, I'm just know. gonna go listen to some music or, or be a, a teenager yeah. or whatever.
1: Or yeah, and you're already going out, or you know. And I'd leave with my car and just go to the canyons mm. and just drive around the canyons and uh, you know Topanga Canyon, Malibu, all the canyons along the you know the uh, L.A. coastline and um would that help to some degree i was just kind of getting away and trying to find and a lot of times i think i was just wandering trying to find something that i didn't know was Mm. didn't know what i was trying to find but it was, again, it was all part of that isolation,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which um, I work on the campaign to change direction. We could talk about that more a little later, but that's part of the five signs of emotional pain is isolation. Mm-hmm. That's a key tr- That's a key sign for anybody who might be observing something different happening in a loved one. So um, back to that time period, yeah, I was um, doing that. And then just to give you kind of like paint a picture, I, would, I was working at the time in my dad's office, so mm-hmm. I had my own. Um, area I was running the office and um, I would go in in the morning turn on the computer and I would stare at the screen until about four o'clock when it was time to leave Wow! and not realize the amount of time that had passed and maybe someone would come in and I would do some or whatever and then I would go back so I was not in the end that's when the psychosis starts to take on you don't realize that you're not present and then, when that starts to happen, you st- your thoughts start to create stories and bigger start thoughts. to create bigger thoughts. Yeah. And I was fully now disconnected. So, while I was in that state of what I've just described, someone could walk in the room, and then I was aware that somebody was in the room, and they might see what's going on. But then, in the end, they just go away to some because usually I was kind of, again, I was in a separate part. Mm-hmm. In my own own
0: space. You looked busy or concentrating on something. Yeah, or concentrating on
1: something or whatever. Then over time, it became very apparent by the work that was getting left undone, by the things that were not getting fulfilled, and people saw it wait. And then my dad, he was, you know, living in another state at the time, started to, things started to all come, you know, full circle.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. In the moments, you weren't really—you weren't really aware. You knew something like, "Oh my God, the whole day is gone, and where did it go?" But all of us have those moments. So how mm-hmm. did you start piecing it together? I didn't. Oh, you didn't. So I there didn't. Wasn't, okay. It took family. Oh wow! Okay. It took
1: outside people. Okay. To say something's wrong, and I didn't know anything was. I didn't. I knew. I didn't feel normal. I knew something was off. But I had now spent so much time in sadness. By that time, I was about 23,
0: 24. Oh my gosh. And
1: um, I had spent so many years just in depression, and everything. It just got so progressively worse that I didn't realize how severe I was at in the end. Then when I started saying things my that were obviously very delusional and clearly not something that I was, you know, clearly not something that was truly happening. Um, sort of the thing, came. like people
0: are after me type stuff, or is it? It was a little paranoia. There okay, was some of yeah.
1: that as well, um, for sure. That. Um, but just all so- stories I was just, you know, making up in my head. And I, I'll talk, I'm working on a memoir and I'll talk. Oh, I go into okay. deep on that okay. with that. But that's the gist, just stories I was kind of just conceiving in my brain. And um, um, they kind of came together and they, um, I had a really severe. Uh, Actual psychotic break when I was 24, and I left and I was on the street for a very little bit. When I say a little bit, like 24 hours, it was not very long, but I had left and was walking around in a mumbling state, very unaware. And um, the cops were able to get me back to my family that was local there in California, because at the time I left Vegas, came to California, all in a state of disarray. Um, don't know how I made it on a plane and all that stuff. I was going to say, it's
0: fascinating that the brain can still function and get you places even though it's in this sort of separated...
1: And you know, it's a good book to read. I'm reading it right now. It's called The Power of Habit. It's one of the most amazing books because that that book will just put what you just said into context, how we can be in another state and they've now done tests on people who are clearly not there but because of habit they do something perfectly. But they're still not in a normal functioning state where they can be fully left alone. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard for loved ones to be able to, well, they just did that and they do that every day, but why are they still, are they playing games? Are like, is this for real? Are they putting on a show? Like that that book helps to really, Mm. it's really fascinating. But yes, it was habit. Habit tells you, okay, I'm going to get on a plane. I need my driver license and I need to pay for the ticket and I need to wait. So the habit of taking a flight got me through leaving Vegas to there. But then once I was there, I was, again, mumbling and walking around in a disarray and thinking thoughts that were clearly delusional. And then you go back to, okay, I have to get a cab. So you go back to the habit of what it means to get a cab. You, you know...
0: I, there's, sure. You see what I mean? Yeah, it's really totally.
1: interesting,
0: and your your mind has still maintained. Like you remember all the the experience to this oh, day. Oh yeah, absolutely. Which is also fascinating. So it's yeah, it's, it's like t- writing its own story and putting it away in this library that you can then go check out the book and be like, oh yeah, I remember that story. Yeah,
1: that's a lot, of, and that's where a lot of creativity comes from because yeah. you pull from the experience. You're able to contextualize it, but then still emotionally, a lot of times even go back there. Um, which I do quite often but um, when you are in that state what I was going to say is you don't know that it's not real Mm. until the medicines kick in when they give you the medicines and you come out and you start to realize everything that as real as right now, we're here doing this podcast. I just came up the steps, You just we just had coffee. As real as all is that is, that's exactly how real a delusion experience is when you're in psychosis, that's how real it is. It's actual, really happening in your brain. That's how real it is. Did
0: you experience, so, so you didn't experience hallucination you said, but you had audit, like just messaging. Right, um, you didn't see people that weren't there. Well, you know, are they there? Um, Maybe they are. I yeah. sometimes I think about that when delusions. I, a lot yeah. of
1: sometimes it's hard for people to know what a delusion is. So a delusion is you you just did something, but believe, but <laughs> so when I walked in, there was those two people out right. front. So a delusion is those two people. They left when I left my house, and they got here before me. And had it why did they why were they there before I did? Because mm-hmm. I saw you see that where those were just two women with their baby who I have no idea who they are. They were just happened to be leaving the building the same time I did. But you what you do is you kind of disassociate a little with delusion as well and you connect things that are completely not connected and that's because of does that make sense? Yes, totally. And it's very real. So just that that's just I mean, that's a small example, but that's happening in so many different um at the same uh, simultaneously in so many different ways in, in the moment.
0: What do you think so. about the idea that, and, and again, I've, I've thought about this so often. I was walking around in L.A. Um, a couple months back, and I passed a man. Um, he he looked homeless and disheveled and all that. He was behind a liquor store, and he was talking quite loudly to himself. Yeah, But with pauses, as if someone was answering. Yeah,
1: that's hearing voices.
0: Yeah, and... Um, I, I thought, gosh, you mm-hmm. would be so fascinating. I wonder who he's talking to. And then I think, is it possible? We, I mean, we've only just barely scratched the surface of what our brain is capable of. And mm-hmm. some of the most brilliant neuroscientists in the world are still like, I don't know, you know? Really? Oh, so yeah. so I sometimes I think, well, maybe they aren't. Maybe there's are some other... I'm going to go out on a limb there, but maybe yeah. there's some other realm or dimension or something where they're actually tapping in. And then is somebody on that side... Having the same experience, and people think that they're right. Do you know what I mean? I I think, and I know that's sort of sci-fi, but it's also like, well, who's to say? Who's to say? We're still press.
1: We're still cracking the surface on telepathy, on um, on picking up on individuals' thoughts, remote feelings, audit, auditory, all sorts of things. So now those experiences people saying are yeah. The difference is though. they're they're definitely in a, a mental state of um, I don't know how to place it. Not making they're they're still ugh, isn't the grounding of that right. part obviously right. I, so the aspect of what they're doing is still rooted in um, in a in, in a place where they. Are not uh, healthy mentally because of the other decisions. Sure, obviously because of the actual decisions that are being made. Right, Um, they're
0: not aware that I'm in my body. I am having a remote viewing experience. They are. I'm. I'm not even in. I'm. Who knows where I am? (laughs) Right. Right.
1: Um, And and like I said, it's just. It's these are things that's hard to explain for me for others that are dealing with mental, um, you know, health conditions, but. I know for myself when I was experiencing um, those thoughts and the mania and all of that, it, I was not feeling well inside. I was, unha- I was deeply unhappy. Um, Even in mania, the mania, mania can you can have irritable mania, which is still very much somatic, but but it's an irritable and it's agitated. Okay. Um, manicky kind of a thing and then you can have that euphoric mania too um, but um, even despite all of that there were at the end of the day depressive bipolar disorder is really it's just the depression part is the key thing that's the part that gets people in the end it's just really bottomless it's intense yeah. It's super, 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 super intense. What goes up comes down. I mean, just that that's extreme, manic, high, euphoric has that complete, it's a matter of time before it swings the other way,
0: just as deep. Did, did you turn, excuse me, to anything to placate that, like alcohol or drugs? Or were you?
1: Never did. And um, I am one of the rare situations, uh, cases in that situation. And a lot of it just has to go back to probably my upbringing, meaning I was just kind of... I was that kid that went by the books and was afraid to, to go to the party and sure. have the drink if my mom said, don't have a drink or don't, don't you know, touch a drug. So I actually did listen. Yeah, that's
0: good. Because <laughs> um, so, that would have only made things yeah, yeah, much yeah. more Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I,
1: I really wasn't curious in that way. I never um, it didn't have an addictive personality in that way. That's good. I was fortunate. Yeah. Very, very fortunate because that part saved me. But I did... Um, yeah, I didn't have that challenge. When the
0: police brought found you and brought you um, to start the beginning of the help that mm-hmm. you needed. Yeah, that was did, the beginning part. Did you, were you fighting it at that time, or were you like, thank God, it's somewhere in you, did you think? I wasn't aware still what yeah. was happening. I was just like, okay, police are here, okay. And
1: then I slept, I went, I remember going to sleep in the guest room at my grandmother's, and my mom was there, and people were... And I was just in my own believing something, believing this story that was going on in my brain as to why I was in LA and what my purpose was and being there and you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really interesting. But what I can say is once you come down and you're put on the medications that bring you back to you, okay today is january 29th right now it is about eleven forty five, and i am on madison avenue like once you get back to the present right this second it's just the realization of everything that you were thinking was not as you thought it was it was imagined then um that's when it, you have so many of the self identity, self esteem, sadness. That's when a lot of that starts to kick in because you feel like you can't trust your brain.
0: Yeah,
1: And that's a deep part.
0: But is there shame around that too? Serious
1: mean, shame. Yeah, serious, serious. Had anyone else in your family
0: had that kind of? So there was no marker, right, to, to place it against? No, no there Because wasn't. is it a genetic? A
1: lot of times. Um. Yeah. No. 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 There. It is. It does run in families. Bipolar. Yeah. Does schizophrenia does especially as well. Um, so I have certain family members. Uh, actually, some my, I have uh, family members' cousins in my mom-dad's side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, different individuals who okay, so might have struggled with different types of conditions. And then certain members of my family have been open about depression and all that kind of thing. Sure. So,
0: so there's a little bit a common, of an underlying current for sure. Yeah. yeah. The brain is so fascinating.
1: It really is. I mean... And what you said about what our brains are capable of. No, that is very true. I really, really do believe that. And the delusions and everything that I experienced, there are some aspects and moments that I will go down kicking and screaming said were in fact real and not delusional. (laughs) And I and doctors will have their opinions or whatever. Can you but explain that's not of those or No, I'm not gonna explain you're gonna them say now. It, okay. Save them for the book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not just that. I mean it gets really tedious into oh. it. But I will just yeah, I just will say that there's those um those aspects that are very real. Yeah. And and um emotionally charging.
0: Mm.
1: Um And this I will say, you tend to think a lot of yourself every time you go into a manic state. You think that you have special capabilities. (laughs) That's part of being manic. You feel like you are specially sent to do certain things. There's aspects of all of that um, that you definitely come to realize, no, I am just like any other human being out here having challenges. But then you definitely feel more inclined to certain activities and certain um, modes of expression. I feel definitely come very much easier because you're just um, naturally pulling from something that is um, just, you're just naturally pulling your creativity from something that's already quite bizarre. So it's not really that difficult to go outside of the box or to think something kind of a little interest, more interesting. You understand what I'm saying? Because Some you've, of our
0: greatest creatives have had that, right? It's, yeah, because it's right
1: there. Yeah, you've already you're touching gone touching God in its own you've way. You've already kind yeah. of gone there and such a crazy, you've, you've, and you don't trust your brain and all this, so now you're just writing everything. So those aspects of it, it's kind of a given. It's not saying anyone's got a more access. All it's saying is our experiences in life are going to all, especially if you are a creative, it's all influencing your art. So whatever those bizarre experiences are, it's going to show itself in the work that you do. And I will say that some of those unique moments, I have a lot of belief in that I experienced. Yeah,
0: I believe it too. Um, were you the same amount of creative pre having all this stuff happen no. versus now? No. And even now that you're on a medic, I assume you're. They figured because I imagine at the beginning, it takes a minute to figure out the right dosages and what Took kind of
1: meds. And, years, years well, to figure that out.
0: That's a long time. Off and
1: on meds. I was your textbook person with bipolar, severe bipolar, and, and mental health challenge who didn't take their medicine all the time. I was that person, and have so much compassion and empathy for that person because I get it. If you're not on the right ones, then you can't function every day. You're functioning as an alien in your own body. So when someone's like, they didn't take their meds. Did you take your meds? Why aren't you taking your meds? I've, every time I hear someone say that, I get it. But at the same time, one can't judge. One has to understand that um, they, 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 it would be great if more people just didn't. Out on the outside, did some research to understand why some. If you're not on the why, if you're not on the right medications, it's hard yeah. to take a medication because you don't you don't feel normal. So as human beings, we naturally gravitate to what helps us feel like a normal person on the inside. So there's so many instances where I'm like, if you want you, you want to take my meds, then if you take my meds and then you tell me why I'm not taking my meds, why don't you go take my meds and tell me tell me what happens? Come back to me in two days. Yeah, like it 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 it's so easy to point a finger.
0: Sure, in it's anything, so e- really. In,
1: yeah. in anything. Yeah. In anything, it's so easy to point a finger. Yeah. And yeah, when a folk, when a person is controlled and taking their meds it is easier to be around them than when they're not i get all of it um i was in the end in the end my last episode was so intense and severe my hopelessness my depression i was not going to make it i was going to end it all um and i just surrendered to to just prayer universe and um found the right doctor, and was like on my knees begging for meds that would work. And um, I got just that, and that was in um, September of 2008. And uh, my doctor just, um, what I'd say was five times more attentive than the doctors I had prior, It's some of the most expensive doctors I had prior. This doctor, she was just local, um, doctor that also has a practice in the county clinic as well and um, or has a, works at the county clinic in, t- in addition to her own practice and um, just was amazing and put me on the meds that I'm on today and yes so I am a thousand percent believer in medication mm-hmm. and I am a complete creative so I just like people to know that you can be creative on medicine and when you're on the right medicine you're more creative because the challenge with bipolar and schizophrenia and some of these um, issue, uh, 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 mental health challenges is that you could be creative all you want but if you can't channel it and if you can't direct it properly or complete things and all of the above, then um, you're not able to make the, you're not able to really um, connect with the rest of the world in the way that you would want to mm-hmm. now some can't some get through and are able to um some post uh, humanously is that how i say that post
0: ha- yeah, yeah. yeah It's a I, weird word yeah I, yeah I i don't know how to say it I, i'm still working on trying to say schenectady before i get there today so oh yeah <laughs> there are just weird words in the universe so. yeah yeah
1: yeah um and um so yeah there's still but for the most part um I yeah so I'm a huge believer in it do I think it's the fit for every single individual no everyone has to find their own way we're changing our society is changing as far as what we think the mind is capable of we're becoming much more um, accepting of Mm. different types of spiritual beliefs of Mm -hmm. different types of gifts, quote-unquote, certain people might have out there, mm-hmm. and understanding, um, I think, so as time goes on and as we accept ourselves for who we are in whatever peculiarities there are, mm-hmm. I think these, these challenges are going to have better context and be, and be able to be dealt with in a way, you know, where individuals are not afraid to say something wrong is happening to me, so I need help, or a family... Uh, you know a family a father or mother is okay with talking about it all of the cultural aspects are also holding back mm. the actual progression of how we're moving forward in these same mental health conditions the
0: United shame over mental illness is extraordinary
1: it's, extraordinary
0: yeah but Still. I I feel like it's ebbing ever better tiny tiny but um, I there's a show on uh, I think it's on Amazon Prime it's' um, David Eagleman's The Brain, and they did research. Yeah, that's (laughs) Mm -hmm. They did research. Um, They hooked people up uh, to electrodes on the brain, and they had them look at images of just regular people, dogs, you know, whatever, and the brain Mm. lit up, like, oh, dogs, humans, you know, this, that, or the other. Everything's groovy. And then they showed them, um, for example, a picture of somebody who was homeless, and the brain suddenly went to the part of the brain that looks at objects instead of humans. Mm -hmm. And that's that empathy thing. It's like Mm -hmm. they they disassociate. And I think as human beings, we have a tough time empathizing with something that we might fear could be in ourselves. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So. I I um, So interesting what you just said. How... How, when it came to the, what's it, he's a neuroscientist? Neuroscientist,
0: David Eagleman.
1: um, How, in the work that he does, it presented itself as an object. Yes. And um, that's kind of what I was trying to get through when I was doing my piece on uh, last Wednesday. Because that is, it's easier for us to handle looking at it if we if we contextualize it that way. I don't think we're meaning all of us as humans are saying that's just an object, but, but in order for us to be able to harness looking, getting by, or having to be in the presence of someone homeless for whatever length of time, we have to be robotic. Otherwise, how do we contextual how do we deal with that
0: yeah not only that in the research it looked like it happened instantaneously so it's not even on a conscious level mm-hmm. so consciously we look at things as as other yeah and, and the brain goes oh let's put this over here it'll make you feel better
1: mm-hmm yeah so
0: fascinating it's not very helpful but it's no, certainly fascinating it
1: is fascinating and all that means you said something it happens subconsciously consciously. so it's just going to take a change in consciousness yes for us once we evolve more consciously to understand um, you know we're still dealing with everyday life in mm. such a physical way mm-hmm. we're still looking at everyone in such a you know the physicality of things the physicality of the you know the, the aesthetics of things we're still very caught up in that yeah um And, um, so, so once we really become more, and and, and I mean, there, there's a place for that, obviously there's that place, but once we become more caught up in each other's spirit, Mm. it's going to change until we start really seeing individuals as spirits, walking along beings and spirits and lights and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, instead of, oh, that Man over there who has the, those Asian features, or that woman, she's kind of, you know, she's darkest skin a black woman. You know, it's until we start to really, not yeah. even really, we see more the spirits of each individual, then I think that we'll be able to, to 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 do a little better.
0: I hope that's in our lifetime. Maybe, maybe not. But I, don't I think do it hope will so, be, so too. But I hope, I pray be. for that. Wouldn't that be amazing? It, it truly would
1: be. Guys. Yeah. It is. And I don't know if we'll. Be aware. Maybe we
0: will. Maybe who knows? Maybe yeah. I don't. I can only hope. You mentioned um, people who are on the medication. They've and and okay. So we're in the music industry as well. Like we're in all these industries of creatives. Many of my musician friends were like, "Oh, I can't. I can't write a song unless I'm high or drunk or you know whatever." And I'm like, "Have you tried not being that and see? You know, you can convince yourself." of anything you can convince yourself that you know ev- anything you give power to if i'm afraid and i give power to that fear fear becomes my master if i okay. am joyful and and i put my energy into joy joy becomes my you know what i mean like so i think that is so important because uh, people won't take their medications for that very reason i think they're afraid that that it will mm-hmm. put a put a stop on On the source so you're living proof that it doesn't have to be that way if you're on the right ones if you're on the
1: wrong one absolutely most of the meds out there and a lot of the medications out there um, will have that effect that flattens which takes away um, human emotion really
0: but you were brave enough to say this isn't right and keep trying and that's the other thing it's like therapy it's like finding a good doctor or a good pediatrician or a good school or whatever it is it's, it's interesting that we give this power to people who seem like they're supposed to know everything. Mm-hmm. But as my father always says, there are still people that graduate med school with C minus. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I always think of that always. So always. it's okay to say this isn't a good fit. This isn't okay and something is not right and keep going until it yeah. is right. Yeah. With no. lovers with, you know, friends with whatever it is. No, it's true. Yeah. It's
1: true to believe that there's something better that's out there. Yeah. But it's hard to when you put in a you need others to communicate and help you see that because you feel like okay, this is my only experience so it doesn't work. But no, there are different types of doctors, there's different med- There's different types of medicines, mm-hmm. and not every, every medicine is a fit. The key thing, you could be on the right medicine, just the wrong dose. Mm. It could be that simple. Mm-hmm. It could be just a matter of tapering off this one dose of this med, but then doing this med. This, it could be so simple. You could just be a heartbreak, heartbeat away from functioning at your best. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was to take another medicine one particular way, I'd be completely functioning, you know, so differently, uh, not as good. So... Um,
0: and it took the, you years, it sounds like, to find that, right? Yeah,
1: I, um, it was, I was so, yeah, I was initially diagnosed that when I was 24, but I mean, I had symptoms, serious symptoms at 20, 19, 20. it's just, we didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. But so if we take it from the actual date, though, that I had been diagnosed... And started to become under different doctors' care, up until when I did get the right meds. It was about seven to eight years mm, long in between, time. off and on. Moments that I didn't have bad symptoms, then serious manic episodes and hospitalizations. And then when I got on the right meds, yeah, I always say I felt better in six to eight weeks than I had in t- in ten years. It just took those. It just took the right combination. And my doctor, she was the one that listened. Constantly to my feedback wanted me to every single time I saw what happened this last week. What how are your meds work? Okay, so what did you do like she asked so many questions? Yeah She asked so many questions about my mood behavior and and then she says so were you taking your meds?" I said well, I did miss this day But I took she says I can't help you unless you take your meds every day That's how we can find out what's working and not working, mm-hmm. but if you don't take your meds I can't I, I won't know she gave me, and it made just so much sense in that moment that i just said okay that and empowers that day-
0: you she's mm-hmm. empowered you to be a voice for yourself yeah saying look this this seems uh-huh yeah
1: yeah that's great instead of saying you need to take your meds no she's everybody says you need to take your meds everyone's like why aren't you on your meds but she's saying we can't get this right there is a way to get this right but we can't get this right if you don't without you doing this part because i'm not going to be seeing the results of my work
0: right that's different yeah that's different that's communion yes yeah it's
1: working with someone yeah and that's validating that person's part as well in it yeah oh it was it really that's a good doctor good on her I really good. You know, good.
0: good on you for sticking with it and
1: yeah, and having yeah, yeah. No, for sure.
0: There's bravery there. Oh <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh-huh. So, um, one of, I would say a, a poetry collection that you're well known for, famous uh-huh. for, is the, uh, uh Black Daisy in a White Limousine. Yeah, that, that so, is such a cool title, by oh, the way. Oh, thank you. As a songwriter, I was like, that is the coolest title ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> So, Thank and you. I went to, I was like, oh, I'm going to go buy the book and read it, and it's like a billion dollars on eBay. And, but it's, it's on eBay now? it's Well, people oh, it's are like, eBay? oh, I have a copy of this. It's, you know, $600. I'm like, well, that's a little steep for me, but I it's didn't even sold know. out on Amazon and things. Yeah, so. it's not out, and
1: it's not in print anymore. I'm yeah, doing so another, people are
0: selling it for a lot of that money. That is
1: really, I know, I saw that one day, and I'm like, I'm not even, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, like, kick little, that I back. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, that's. I mean, that's great, but there isn't any copies out there. Um, I kind of, yeah, and I'm working on... Um, was that your first collection? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was the first. I have another set of poems that I've done since then, but because I'm working on my album, my poetry album, oh, which cool. is going to be that comp- uh, compilation with music. And I am so excited about my project right now. And so we're holding off on the audio... The new audiobook release for Black Daisy and some of the other stuff while we, so that I can just do a launch that has that aspect, you know, that has the audiobook, the update audio book, yeah. but the music project. So there's that. Okay, cool. And then it'll be a simultaneous release, hopefully. Okay. But, um...
0: How has everything been informing your poetry and your, you know, how does that inform it? Where, where do you pull... Do you have to go to some of the dark places? But now you have an ability to come back, whereas yeah. you're not just hanging out in the...
1: Well, I, as a writer, I have always, even when I was in the severe funk, those moments, I have to say there's always been a trail of hope mm. in my work, mm-hmm. usually. I never not had that moment. There, in the very beginning of my depressions, when I couldn't conceive um a light at the end of the tunnel there were pieces that didn't have that piece of hope in it for the most part um i've always written in that way so i would go back to those periods or i'd be in those periods but i'd always dream of victory always dream of coming out on top and it's that dream of getting through it that has kept me determined in not only my recovery and in um you know uh my treatments is for, and, and not giving up on my dreams as far as my career is concerned, despite days of feeling like, you know, feeling like this isn't going to, I don't know if this is going to continue. So that hope has kind of always been part of me. There's a part of me that's just so optimistic and refuses to stay negative. Mm-hmm. Um, despite whatever is going on around me. So that's been a lifesaver for sure. And
0: some of the... John sent me um, some of your work as well, and there seemed a a current of like uh, requesting for understanding, too, that reaching out to your fellow Mm. person saying, I'm a human being, and these are the things that are going on with me, but it doesn't mean that I'm not worthy of your love and respect. And that that was a really beautiful kind of undercurrent happening as well. Oh, interesting. As you as you're saying this is who I am and these are the things I feel and it's very passionate work. Uh-huh. Very powerful. Your voice is strong. Uh-huh. You know, but there's this sort of also this underlay at least for me of, no, of yeah. like mm-hmm. also hear my little voice, the one saying I am lovable still and yeah. and understand me and feel me and yeah. which is cool. I think it's neat to have that juxtaposition of the, the really strong like More Uh and this like gentle sweetness that kind of yeah
1: I think um, that's the honesty I try to be transparent I believe us individuals that do have that can have a very forceful and strong um, (laughs) side that sometimes for some of us that's the only side people see have literally the most delicate gentle emotions. Of everybody, usually those are the ones that have that. So, just as a writer, I'm not afraid to show that part as well. But I think that's by default; those strong personalities all have that. It's just I'm just that daredevil, and when I write, I I I show that other side.
0: Yeah. So, why is the limousine white? I'm curious.
1: Um. I you know when I when that line came in my head, it literally just popped Mm. into my brain, Mm -hmm. and. that's a really good question I think I think it represented a huh I think it represented a, a a divine like something of 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 real specialness of real um um yeah, so it's just a place where someone would want to be. Mm. Uh, I don't know. I really have to. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: get that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm am stutter, stuttering around it because there's a lot of different things that were happening in that time too. But I think ultimately, it just represented this, um, this this place that. I don't want to say it was a place of refuge because you don't really a limousine is not necessarily a place of refuge, <laughs> so I don't want to say that. But it was it did exemplify something that felt special and that felt um, uh, like you've arrived. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Whether it's in romance, whether it's in... because um, it was it was first written as a as a romance as a love mm. line. Mm-hmm. So um, to a song, my sister and I were trying to write, and so. We were trying to, her um, husband we were working with at the time, who's a musician and musical director, was playing this track. And I was in the kitchen sitting on the counter. And I just, words are just things that I, I people say, you know, you write. And I'm like, I allow words. I don't really write words. I allow them. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, it was one of those things. And um, it just, the line came in all at once. When I saw you, it was like a dream. I was a black daisy in a white limousine and um i said hey i have a line for this and so that was the way the track started yeah. and then, so we built the song around it and um the just the line never stopped it continued to evolve for me and mm-hmm. then i continued to write poems and i continued to just identify so much with it
0: yeah it's really a cool it's a cool line
1: thank you i dig it um, oh, thank i you. love
0: words so much so you do? Whenever, oh gosh yeah isn't
1: i i i love I love not only being around but just talking to people who enjoy words because it's a special soul that enjoys words uh, to that degree that yeah. appreciates words. They're, it's 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 a sensitive soul. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: nothing. It's nothing like picking a pile of words and stringing them together or hearing a lyrical. Yeah. Yeah, I just love it. Absolutely.
1: I'm listening to this artist right now, and I'll give you his information if you want. Um, his name is Sampha. Okay. You might have been, you might be aware of his work um he did something i think he had done something with kanye i can't remember but i've been playing his song so much recently but he has this lyric um uh he says you have me swimming in those eyes you make it rain like you own the sky Mm, and i just keep you know and the way the song goes though is really just the song is so cool but um just some of the line and and i just love that feeling of oh i love the way he said and sang that that's just special
0: i mean words are magical they take you on journeys that and books are friends i mean there's just there's so much and poetry is divine and there's just it's it's lovely. I'm so well, glad it exists in the world.
1: I know, <laughs> I know. And when you hear, it's true though. When you hear the poems, like I hear, I hear contemporary poetry, and some of it, I mean, it's it's so amazing. But then I feel like, why is it when I when I listen to Dunn or when I when I read Dunn or when I read um, Blake, or when I read some of it or or Words, you know, Wordsworth. Um, why is it? Why do are they so magical?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like that? There's just something the, those poets and Blake the, was
0: touching God, I think.
1: Oh, constantly. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. You know what is it that you know? I, I I just I'm just so in awe. Yeah. Though of 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 our um and other writers, Langston Hughes and some of that. Oh yeah. You
0: right. know, you think about so the the poets. Baldwin, James Baldwin. Yeah. <sighs> Talk about. A freight train, I mean, just boom, so good.
1: Isn't it something though? So it good. really something. When you read their works, when you read these works, you're like, "This is God talking." They this no, this is something. You know, because you have all sorts of types of writings out there, and it's sure. all amazing stuff. But then some of those poets, it's like, "Wow, yeah, that brain." I know it, <laughs> it's
0: so wonderful. It's so wonderful. I want to get back to it because you had said you wanted to talk about it in the very beginning um, when we were talking. You said it was one of, a f- of five signs of something, and you said, We'll talk oh, about it. Oh, yeah. So I'm
1: working on the campaign Change Direction, ah, which um, is spearheaded by the amazing uh, Barbara Van Dalen, who um, I say amazing because she really just is an amazing soul and she's one of my dearest friends. And. Um, she is an award-winning clinical psychologist, but she was also acknowledged by Time Magazine in 2012 for, um, you know, um, being one of the influential individuals of the year and she just has the ability to bring strong voices together but launched this campaign in 2015 and was able to get some really strong voices to rally around it as well uh, talking about the five signs of emotional pain and the campaign to change direction and slowly but surely it's gotten more and more momentum out there but I just connected because the five signs she says that we should all know the five signs which will help intervention with um, suicide Mm. which will help an intervention with someone who might be given to going to drugs Mm -hmm. or alcohol or any of these things and the five signs are very consistent just like we know the five signs of a heart attack or just like we might have to understand and know um, how to do CPR we should know what the five signs of emotional pain are and it was the first of its kind that I ever heard anything like that Mm. Um, and I just I looked at the five signs, and I had every last one of those at this simultaneously. And the way it works is that if you have two or at least three or two at the same time, but I had all of them, all mm-hmm. the signs. And if someone was aware or in tune with that, these signs or emotions, then they would have caught on well before. Like, I started having my signs at 19, but it didn't catch on until I really went at 24, mm-hmm. you know, kind of went there. So uh, those signs are isolation, isolation hopelessness irritability um personality change and then not keeping up with your parents or yourself oh interesting
0: that makes sense though.
1: so if you look if you see those it's usually they're all happening together that's how you know someone's in, someone needs some serious emotional attention
0: mm-hmm. wow.
1: and it was it just resonated so much i knew we, i reached out we met and ever since then um, we've just i've been just consulting with her on the campaign we've just come up with different ideas and reach out and do different um, i've done a few different events you know with her and everything so yeah. we're working on a major event that's happening in June that'll be in London and it will be the world's it's another summit it's a world summit that she's doing yeah, um, that's cool. Bringing other foundations I'll put links together. to all of
0: that on uh, HeyHumanPodcast.com yeah. too,
1: so that so definitely put links for the campaign, the five signs, and everybody should know what these signs are. It yeah. should be ingrained. We should. Um, these are the things I wish
0: they taught in you know junior high or high school. I don't you know it would kindergarten. Be super helpful. <laughs> you know? No, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's
1: what's happening soon. Eventually, every state, but California you know certain states and cities are making pledges to adopt the five signs because it literally from grade school they're very easy to learn sure. and a kid that's seven eight years old can see mommy you're not oh, You're yes. showing the signs sure. what's going on yeah. you know it, that's how it all works is yeah. everybody helping each other sure. but kids are some of the most if they grow up learning what these things and everything it's not a big deal to talk about emotions it's not a big deal to say I'm feeling sad today if only it, If only we all
0: were more in tune with that. And unfortunately, now we're in this place where we're desensitizing our emotions to such an extreme Mm -hmm. by, you know, our machines that certainly help our lives function quicker. I don't know. Better is not really the word, is it? It's quicker, more conveniently and all that. But it's robbing us of that connection, that communion and Mm -hmm. that that moment where I say, I see you.
1: Do you see me?
0: We don't really have that in a lot of ways because we can digitally communicate. Right. And, you know, now people are scared to answer their door or, you know, answer their phone. Or or respond to a text or or respond to anything because it means
1: confronting or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I think think that's been an issue all the time with people. But I I hear you. It's so easy today to turn off Mm -hmm. and to not deal with something or to mask hide or hide behind, As, or hide behind yeah. and isolate yeah it is very easy to do that yeah and someone it's easy to do that and someone not take it seriously mm-hmm. and just be oh they're online or they're just now it's even easier yeah you're absolutely
0: right yeah it's fascinating um, what What's next? What's coming next? You're working on the, the album of yes. poetry and music combined. And then yeah. it sounds like you've got a book working yeah. on that. Yeah, so,
1: that, um, so the book is pretty much finished. I okay. have an audio book that's pretty much finished, okay. the new set of poems for Black Daisy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have the, I'm going to, that's when I'm going to California this week to finish up writing some of the the songs. And I'm working on the Change Direction uh, poem, which is another Uh, um, it's going to be a spoken word poem that I did with um, individuals that submitted lines and so I put it into a big piece it's a group poem so I'm working on that group poem and then um, we're also filming and that's what I'm working with John is they're filming kind of all of these different aspects related to the work that I'm doing, but also this topic of mental health for their series that they're putting together called mm-hmm. Creative Activists. Mm-hmm. So, um, so my part is going to be one of the episodes on that. So that's, that's awesome. what they're working on. Yeah. So and your memoirs can... well. and um, yeah, that's in the make. That's been yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a busy girl. It's exciting. Oh, it is. As well as speaking engagements, I have some stuff coming up. Um, there's the blogger summit. I don't know have you know you know what blogger is? Oh, okay. Well, blogger conference. Okay. They have the blogger health or blogger whatever. So okay. that's coming up on Wednesday. It's in Tribeca. Okay. Um, so that's cool. That's and cool. um Ariana Huffington's gonna do the keynote for that particular event and they're talking about um everything relating to health and women. So that's some of the you know, so From mental health to fitness health to um, image issues, self-image issues, all sorts of different things. So it's going to be an amazing, uh, yeah, it's going to be an amazing thing they're doing, I think. Does that happen once a year, or does it come up every quarter? It's once a year. Okay. The Blogger Conference. It's been pretty well known, but this is their health health part did so well, they just did this one for Blogger Health, Mm, and it just, yeah, so that was exciting.
0: That's great. There's lots going on. Yeah. I really appreciate you being on the show. How can people find you? What's the best way?
1: Oh, you can go to my website, yashibrown.com. Um, I'm not, I'm trying to be a little bit more diligent and consistent with my social media, Facebook and Twitter, but you'll see me on there. Um, more often, I'm very much so back and getting regular. That's the part of me that retreats. And then it's very difficult for me to hand it off to somebody. Oh, yeah. I just get I I micromanage so that doesn't really help me that's not I know so that doesn't really help the whole thing either I mean if you're not going to do it then have someone else help well you can't micromanage yeah so um I'm still having finding my way with social media
0: okay thank you for being on the show thanks for having me it's been delightful bye everybody bye Bye.